This is WKCS Falcon Radio 91.1 FM with a special program called In Session with Jed McKeon. This is Sarah Emery and Matthew White here with Fulton graduate and lawyer Jed McKeon. Mr. McKeon is here to give us some insight into the court system and legal issues. Now, Mr. McKeon, would you like to give us a bit about yourself and what you do? Well, sure, Sarah. Um, I'm an attorney practicing here in Knoxville and graduated from Fulton way back in 2000. And I've graduated law school in 07, so I've been practicing for just over seven years, primarily here in Knoxville. And I do a vast uh, range of different uh, legal topics that I deal with on a regular basis. So uh, Mr. Mays and I got together uh, and decided that it would be beneficial to the Fulton uh, WKCS uh, listeners to talk about various legal topics, not specifically any case, but just talk about tips and tricks for different areas of the law that uh, people may not be familiar with, that we can provide some education through this program, hopefully. Well, that sounds good. You talked about earlier that um, what to wear when you go to court and even where the courts are in Knoxville, because many people don't know. That's correct. The the practice, uh, the area of law is one area of people's lives that they will probably encounter at some point, but it's not something that they encounter on a daily basis. Even if you're not a plumber, you deal with the pipes and the water going through your house on a regular basis. Uh, going to court for a speeding ticket is something that may only happen two or three times in your entire life. So knowing where those courts are and the process involved in that uh, can be something that's unfamiliar and sometimes very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. for people. Here in Knox County, we are fortunate enough to have a whole bunch of different court systems. We have a federal court system, we have a juvenile court, we have a uh, state court which is downtown and we even have a city court those are all different areas that you may end up going to Uh, and and when you ask me Sarah about uh, things to dress that's something that unfortunately people just don't think I don't think when they come to court I've seen individuals show up to court in the messiest t-shirts and even shorts for court this is the court is the most formal setting we have as a country. Uh, the attorneys always wear suits and ties for it. Uh, but unfortunately, most people don't dress up for something where they could potentially be going to jail. And when you forget that, um, the court system just isn't as kind to you as it possibly could be. I've seen many individuals kicked out of court because they wore shorts to court or messy t-shirts. There's even one court I practice in on a regular basis where they will make individuals who wear shorts to court uh, put on uh, inmate uh, prisoner pants with the stripes on them while they sit in court, which isn't very flattering, and and gives the connotation that those people are already guilty Mm -hmm. because they're already uh, aligned with the prisoners. So in that regard, individuals need to know our listeners need to know that when you come to court i i don't necessarily recommend that people wear suits but at least wear something that is business casual Uh, for men that's usually like khakis and a button down and maybe a jacket for women it's uh, professional slacks and a blouse or something or at the very minimum nice jeans Uh, 
not shorts and not a t-shirt for goodness sakes there was a woman i saw at court today with a, her shirt on god love her backwards uh so you just watch your appearance when you come to court i can't stress it enough it just may and it's it unfortunately sets you apart because so many people dress so poorly okay and um early you said that you have very many courts in our system in knox county but um i wondered what the difference between a federal court and a state court would be that's a great question when we t think about the court systems first we think about what that court is there to enforce laws uh, that's what they're there for a federal court is there to enforce federal laws and a state court is there to enforce state laws and people may not know that there are different laws federal and state laws mm -hmm. federal law now allows for states to um, to allow medical marijuana or to be grown or, or regular marijuana to be used in, in Colorado and, and other states out west well Tennessee doesn't have that law so that the the laws are different in states and then federal law uh, allows the states to make their own laws but they also enforce their own one area f of federal law that gets enforced on a regular basis is taxes the IRS uh, is a federal entity that collects your uh, taxes your federal taxes so if you're late on your federal taxes you're going to be find yourself in federal court if you file for bankruptcy you will end up being in federal court uh, those are some of the basic areas that you end up in federal court and another area uh, where you end up in federal court is if there's one individual in a state suing an, uh, an individual in a different state because they're not in the same state then federal court a lot of times will be the court where those cases are decided because it's a, a uh, court that has a vast jurisdiction over those kind of areas now state court uh, federal court is an area that not many people will find themselves unless they filed for bankruptcy state court on the other hand people find themselves in all the time because when you get arrested by the Knox County Sheriff's Office or the Knoxville Police Department those are essentially state entities because their government funding comes from Tennessee money trickled down through the counties and the city which are entities of the state of Tennessee so you will find yourself in state court which in Knoxville is in the city county building down on the river mm -hmm. uh, you'll find yourself in court down there uh, on criminal charges same that uh, same deal on civil cases uh, the, the, they're both in the city county building um, and, and almost all areas of law that someone would encounter whether it's divorce or a car wreck or a speeding ticket or something of that nature will be in state court and they're broken down into lots of different uh, subparts uh, for state court and we can go into those uh, you know with as much depth or as little depth as you want me to go into well you can go ahead and tell us like a little bit about um, what I think most people will be interested in and like the process that goes into like if you're in a car wreck or getting a ticket for something because I know that like personally I don't know much about it so I'm pretty sure that most people would like to know a little bit more okay sure if you get a speeding ticket you uh, this is not something that you will be arrested for generally you will get a site what is called a citation 
the officer will give you uh, write out a piece of paper on a carbon copy document and make you sign saying you've got a copy of it and then you will have a court date down the road now if you have been uh, pulled over for speeding by the Knoxville Police Department you will end up at the um, Knoxville Police Department Courthouse which is the city court which is over on the other side of the um, the Civic Auditorium um, down uh, by the park down there and uh, you will go there in front of the judge and generally there aren't many attorneys involved down there but you could sit there all afternoon and, and it only court only meets two or three times a week and uh, that's where you resolve your speeding tickets you might also find yourself on a speeding ticket by the Knox County Sheriff's Office and you'll end up in the city county building and you know that's again something that you haven't been arrested for but you're going to need to either resolve by paying the ticket agreeing to pay the ticket beforehand or go down there and arguing your case some people ask for an attorney for that but lots don't and everything works out perfectly fine now when you talk to me about a car wreck those also are in city county building but they are in civil court now civil court the difference between criminal and civil court is that criminal someone could end up in jail potentially civil court what someone is suing someone else for is generally just money so if you hit me with your car Sarah and you're driving down the road and you're looking you're texting or you're posting or tweeting or something like that and you drive into my lane and hit my car and I'm all upset about it my back hurts <laughs> and now I want to sue you for all my back pain and my chiropractor bills then I'm going to file a civil lawsuit against you. And that means that I want you, Sarah, or in some cases your insurance company is generally who pays that stuff, it, to pay me money for the damages to my back uh, and my car and my pride and uh, just because I'm upset at you for texting and tweeting while you were driving. So that is um, the court that you will end up in. That civil court is... Uh, there's different divisions of that. There's circuit and chancery. Um, and so you could end up in either either of those civil court, not for a car wreck, you'll end up in circuit court. But so to recap a little bit about what we've been talking about, there's federal court, which is enforces federal laws and uh, deals with items that are between multiple states. State court involves things specific to just the state. And then... Uh, even further down the list than that is city court, which is city speeding tickets, which is just Knoxville City. If you get a city, uh, speeding ticket inside the city of Knoxville, it could be Knox County Sheriff's or, the, or uh, Knoxville Police Department. And we also had a question about what it feels like in a courtroom. I know this could have gone with our what we would wear in a courtroom, but what is the general atmosphere in a courtroom when you go and visit one? The answer is that it depends generally a courtroom is a very quiet place it's very serious because the things they're taking up are very serious but in lots of criminal cases there are 30 lawyers running around making deals arguing with people the judge is up there trying to get things done people are being unruly so it can get very loud at times usually judges don't care for that and they start banging that thing up on the, <laughs> the gavel saying order in the court so generally, there, the idea is for it to be very quiet. And one thing to keep in mind when people go to court is to turn your cell phone off, or better yet, leave it in the car. 
because I have seen judges take people's phones from them and they have to wait there until the very end of the day to get the phone back, which can sometimes be 8 or 9 o'clock if it's a long day. So they're there at 10 a.m., their phone beep beeps, and then they are sitting there till 8 or 9 o'clock to get their phone back, and the judge will charge them $50 to get their phone back. So it's critical to not have your phone go off while you're in the courtroom. Uh, it's just a bad idea and, and trouble that you don't want to go through. Um, and on average, how long does a typical trial last in court? Another great question, and it depends greatly. Mm-hmm. I had a trial, a hearing just the other day in federal court that lasted all of five minutes. So it can go very quickly, depending on what the issues are and depending on what the judge wants to hear. I have had uh, in very serious cases where someone's died and a doctor is being sued for allegedly having killed them for three weeks, even a month, uh, uh, is the length of the trial. So, you know, it can vary in length. And, and, you know, the judges are sitting there too, trying, and they may have something they have to do the next day. I have seen judges stay until 1 a.m. hearing arguments from attorneys during a case. They said, well, I've got to be in a different county the next day to hear a different case. We're staying here until the bitter end. So the attorneys are sitting there bleary-eyed and half crazy from being up for so long trying to argue their case, and the judge is probably falling asleep on the bench, but they're you know going away and trying to get it done until the very last minute. So it varies greatly. Normally, um, it just depends on the kind of case. Criminal cases can take a very short amount of time, but obviously the more serious the case, if someone's been murdered, if someone's dead, if there's a lot of damages, the case is gonna take a lot longer than if there's a lot less at stake. Yeah, before the break, you were talking about the the criminal court case, and I just wanted to know what are the, what are the different court cases that you experienced. That's a very broad question, Matthew, and I'll do my best to answer it for you, okay? I have had a number of different cases on uh, different areas of the law. I've had grandparent visitation cases. I've had theft cases. I've had voluntary manslaughter cases. I've had medical malpractice cases. I've had landlord-tenant cases where someone's getting evicted. I've had speeding ticket cases. I've had a number of different cases in different areas of the law. And what's great about that is, is, is that I've been able to experience a lot of different things. When you're working somewhere, out, like at the mall, and you're folding shirts every day, that can get, for me at least, that can get a little bit repetitive. And the great thing about what I do in the law is I get to do something different just about every single day. And there's attorneys who do the same thing every day. But thankfully, I've been able to experience a lot of different areas of the law. So did you have to go to, um, you went probably went to law school. I did. And did you specialize in one subject there? You know, I didn't, and if you had to ask me what went on in those law school classes right now, I really couldn't tell you, Sarah. (laughs) I I don't know, uh, much like the classes you take in high school, I don't know if there's a lot of real-world application and a lot of what we learned. Mm -mm. Maybe there was, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention on that day. (laughs) Okay, so... When before we uh, started our show, you told us that you wanted to um, touch on the Kentucky clerk, the woman who was sent to jail for 
not issuing marriage licenses. So I was wondering if you had anything to say more about that. Sure. Now, keep in mind, I don't, uh, I'm not as familiar with this case as a, a whole bunch of people are, but for our listeners, I wanted to give a basic explanation of what's going on because it can kind of get confusing what we're talking about here in, in regard to this case, why she's gone to jail, what's going on. The basic first fact that started all this is there was a Supreme Court case and it the name of the case is, if I say this correctly, Obergefell, Obergefell, Obergefell versus Hodges. And that case decided by the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that same-sex marriages in the U.S. are legal. Okay, so from that point, same-sex marriages had been legal in multiple states, but now they're legal in all states. Mm -hmm. And so in Kentucky, this elected clerk, Kim Davis, is required to sign off on all marriage licenses. That's her job. She's an elected official. She's supposed to do this by order of the federal government, who then the governor of the state of Kentucky was telling her, order that order these marriage licenses for these same-sex couples. She was refusing to do it on religious grounds. So what ended up happening is, is that she ended up being jailed for refusing to comply with the governor's order and above that, the Supreme Court order from the United States. So she was go- she went to jail for not following the governor's order. She was in jail for I think about a week and just got out the other day. The reason she got out was that um, she the governor's office inquired into the clerk's office whether her deputies, which are the other employees at the clerk's office, would be willing to issue these marriage license in her place. And while, you know, they had some misgivings about it, these deputies said, yes, we will issue these marriage license. So the governor was satisfied that the marriage license for the same-sex couples were getting were going to get issued even if Miss Davis was back at her job. Now Miss Davis's issue with issuing these marriage licenses to the same-sex couples was that her name as the elected court clerk was on the marriage license. She said if my name's not on them, I'll be happy to issue them. But for whatever reason, uh, the stamp they use or something of that nature has her name on it. And that's where she took issue with it. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But for those people who aren't terribly familiar with the situation from start to finish, but know, hey, something's going on with a clerk in Kentucky, it involves religion, that is the basic rundown. Supreme Court decision to allow same-sex marriage. Uh, County clerk refuses to issue those marriage license. She goes to jail. Governor says they're going to get issued the way they need to be issued under the law. So she comes back out. And she should be back at her job. And we'll see what happens in the days going forward, forward, whether those licenses get issued or not. Mm -hmm. And I had seen that she was pleading her rights. I was thinking it was First Amendment rights on this because um, it was against her religion, but um, we also have the separation of church and uh, state and government. So um, is that a viable reason to call the first? 
You know, great. That's a great question, Sarah. Um, she's saying that, and there's a, a case going on that she's saying that if this is violating her religious rights by making her issue these. But you bring up the state, uh, church-state separation, and without getting it all into that, that you know, that remains to be seen what the court of appeals and the Supreme Court will do on that decision. Okay. If you have any more questions about general and legal issues and court processes. You can email insessionradio at gmail.com. This has been In Session with Jen McKeon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>